Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Felix Solis, and this is Game Changers with Vicky Abelson. I like, uh, okay, so who is that that you were eliciting? Uh, I was going to do, uh, good evening. That was like a Dracula <laughs> yeah, kind like, of thing. Yeah, good yeah, evening. Like a, who is that, Boris Karloff? Good evening. Welcome uh, to Masterpiece Theater. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't. We're going to be getting some acting. Oh, we're going to get you to do some characters today. I like it. I like it. Um, welcome to Game Changers. And yes, this is my guest. All right, so I, I've been butchering Felix's name. Solis. And the only way I know how to pronounce it is because Felix had to tell me it's pronounced like police because I kept saying Felix Solis. But, Solis. He, but people, people must get that wrong, right? I grew up in Greenwich Village. I grew up in a predominantly, you know... Anglo. Anglo. It's Anglo. Well, yes, but like it was it was Solis, you know, there's time... Well, it's been Solis. S-O-L-I-S. But it wasn't until I took the time to go, Solis. Um, that sounds like I'm soul. Oh, oh, I was like, okay, but then also, but then also, Ooh. whatever, I'm being dramatic, but but also, no, but, but also that's I heavy. asked my mom, yeah, at one point, I was like, how do I, and she's like, in Puerto it's Rican, the white way, we say Solis, and I was like, okay, so I like Solis, I like the way that sounds. Yeah. So, when you were in school mm-hmm. in your um, high school of humanities, as yeah. I found out earlier, are they saying Solis or are they saying Solis? Yeah, when I was in school, I was Solis, yeah, that's what I'm saying, and I had it, yeah. So it was a choice to go back to your, to, to be Yeah, yeah, because I was like, well, honor. well, yeah, I was like, I'm Puerto Rican, right? I'm New Yorican, but I'm Puerto Rican. My, you're, my you're, wait, you're, you're what? New Yorican. It, New York Rican? Is, is, is that yeah, like New Yorican? Yeah, I'm a New Yorker who is, is a Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rican. I, I've never heard that before. Yeah, there's a bunch of us. No, there's not. Hey, listen, I grew up with a lot of, I grew up in, in the Bronx. J-Lo is a New Yorican. I think Mark Anthony's a New Yorican. There's a couple of others. We're New Yorkers, but yeah, basically New Yorkers of Puerto Rican descent. Which um, I was, sur- I grew up in the Bronx. I mean, all, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's what that's what it was. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So yeah. when I found out that my name was pronounced Solis in Spanish, I thought that's I like that. Let me stick with that. I like that. Yeah. So a choice. So you so you've made a lot of choices. We were talking before we came on the air, um, Felix. We were talking about meditation. We were talking about we were talking about acting practice, we're talking about a lot of things we're gonna to get to. But since we're like right here and I brought it up, let's talk about meditation for a minute. Cause I was sure. telling Felix that for me, I, I got this Calm app, do you know about Calm on the? I know. Okay, so it's an app on the phone. Okay. And basically it's a, I, for me, I can only seem to have success when I have guided meditation. Because okay. sure. then I can sort of shut my brain off, I can then listen. someone, sure, right. sure, like class, like a, like a class would, or like a, you have a guide that allows you to, because I'm listening to that person, so I might not think about what I'm going to eat for breakfast if sure. I'm listening to that person. Sure. It, I fail even there. But so tell us about your meditation practice, because I find this fascinating. I'm trying to do it for a million years. What? Uh, I started with a company called Ziva Meditation. How'd you come uh, to that? My partner uh, worked for the lady for a little bit, and and she had been practicing, and so she said, "Hey, why don't you give this a shot?" I had already done. Buddhist meditation, I had practiced uh, Nichiren meditation, I had practiced what, other forms. What attracted you to meditation to begin with? What got you started in that? Mm, uh, you know what? The quiet of a church, the quiet of a church, I would go in uh, to churches and just sit in churches. Are you religious? No. Not at all? Not at all, no. Did you go to church as a boy? No. No. Not at all. No, not at all. I just like going into the churches and sitting in the church and hanging out in the church and just the quiet of the church, right? Wow. Do you have a favorite church in New York? There's a couple, yeah. There's one on Carmine Street, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 
right across from Joe's Pizza. I love That's, my favorite pizza. Man, I get on the train, I go right to Westport. It's, I get and it's the Westport. last place I go before yeah. I get to the I airport. Know, I say, let me get three. <laughs> I always say it. I say, let me get three of the Coke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. No, but I would go I would go into churches mm -hmm. and it was quiet and I'd sit down. And that quietness was like, hmm, what am I doing here and what's that quiet like? And mm -hmm. then I started practicing yoga and and, uh, and now was that an LA thing for you, the yoga? No, no, I started in New York. Okay, good. So did yeah. I actually. But. I started in New York. Well, I kind of worked my way to yoga uh, backwards. Like usually people practice yoga for physical and, and sort of a workout. You know, let's do yoga. To, it's good for your body physically to do yoga, right? That's probably what first brought me there. I, I was meditating. Okay. And I thought, well, I'm, what is the predecessor to this meditation? It's the practice of yoga. Is that true? Because in the tradition, what you do is you do these positions in order to put yourself in what we all know as Shavasana. Right. right? It was resting pose. Right. So what is happening in that resting pose? You're, You're meditating. meditating. So, so ah. the process to the meditation sit down is the yoga practice. Interesting. So people do yoga to meditate. So, so that's how I, so I was meditating. And so when I was meditating, I was like, well, where does, where am I supposed, what's the prep for this med? And it's yoga. So that's how I started practicing yoga. So you practice a lot. For those of you who don't know Felix, and uh, if you don't, you will, you should. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. I, I'm going to talk about a little bit about your career, but then we're going to go back and talk about all this other stuff. But I just, for those of you who don't know Felix, about three weeks ago, Candy Clark called me up and she said, hey, I've got these tickets for, for this play that it just so happens won the Pulitzer after the Fountain Theater booked it. Did you know that? I didn't. The Fountain booked it before it won the Pulitzer. Oh, no. And so they were, they were, they were ahead of the track. They sure. were, that was a really smart get for them. Sure. So the play ends up winning, the cost of living ends up winning the Pulitzer Prize. It comes to LA, to the Fountain Theater. We're going, I believe, closing weekend. It was closing weekend. Mm. You only had two more shows. Okay. And um, I know nothing about the play. I know nothing about the play. Yeah. I know nothing about you. I know nothing about anybody in the cast. We go and we sit in this. It sounds kind of a lovely little theater. Very intimate. Um, yeah. So, but we've got claustrophobic as hell. Mm -hmm. it, the seats are really close together. It's very small. Maybe, is it 100 seater? I think it's a 99 seater. Yeah, yeah. Officially a 99 And it, not a black box, because it's not a square, but it's mm -hmm. kind of that kind of thing. <clears throat> a little bit of a horseshoe. Yeah, and so we sit down, and Candy and I are a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little close, right? And, and her friend, John, is sitting between us, and the, the, curtain, the, the lights go down, and out comes this man, and he sits in this stool, center stage. Now, I'm sitting in the second or third row. I'm hell center. So now I'm like, you motherfucker. He is doing this entire thing to me. And I'm like, dude, you're doing it to me, right? But meanwhile, at the end of the show, I'm talking to Candy, the guy next to me, the guy next to me. Everybody's like, no, he was doing it to me. I'm like, no, he wasn't. He was looking right in my eyes. He saw me. I know he's... But Meanwhile, the thing about this monologue, so he's just sitting on this stool, this bar stool, and he's having a conversation with the bartender, who is us, the audience. How long is that monologue? Uh, I want to say about maybe 11, 12 minutes. It's a good like chunk that. of, yeah. it's a good hunk of conversation. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's about 11, 12 
That feels right. Yeah. So I know nothing about this show. Mm -hmm. I know there are other actors that are in the playbill. I know nothing about. All I know is that this guy is out there. You are out there, and I'm not for one second could catch you acting. Not for one. And all of your physicalizations. My favorite was you were in like a little beanie, mm. and you kept like shifting it on your head, like. Mm. But so organically with with your conversation, mm. you know, the, the greatest, my favorite actors tend to all have a physicalization with each character they do. One little subtle thing, sure. right? Yeah, a psychological that, gesture. That, right? That yeah. ties them. I remember Robert Redford, uh, who, who I love him, mm -hmm. in Butch Cassidy, he did a thing with a coffee cup. The way he would pick up the coffee right. cup. Something that I've never forgotten. Sure. And it was something that so, but it was a decision he made, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so it was this thing that you were doing with the cap, but it was everything that you were doing. I completely forgot I was in the theater. I completely forgot that you were an actor. You were Eddie, right? Eddie, your character? Eddie Torres, you yeah. were <laughs> Eddie, and you're having this... Who I, I know an Eddie Torres. I do you really? I do. I grew up with an Eddie Torres in Did Chelsea. Did you fashion him at all village. after you were Eddie uh, Torres? No, Eddie, this Eddie, Eddie, Eddie I grew up with is a fine, fine artist. He's a comic, a comic book artist, a graphic artist. And, a musician, so yeah, he was. We were more into Dungeons and Dragons and kind of that, those kind of uh, uh, worlds. But this Eddie is uh, is a trucker and a, and a hard worker and a, and a kind of everyday. Right? But so in touch with his feelings, yeah, which is very unusual mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. for a man, anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, a trucker. Mm -hmm. I mean, my perception of what a trucker would sure, be. Yeah. So rough, hard, closed off, quiet. Yeah. This, this, things. these eleven and a half minutes, or however yeah. long they were, were, and I, I and it's going to make me cry to even mm -hmm. say this mm -hmm. because it sounds so much like I'm blowing smoke up your. I, I am mm -hmm. telling you, I have not been affected right. by anything by by a performance and I can't even call it a performance because it was so real I have not been affected by an actor I can't I've gone to a lot of Broadway shows I have gone off Broadway I've seen theater in LA I am an actor I taught act I have never yeah. been so more moved than I was in those 11 minutes well it starts with a couple of things Vicky thank you it's the truth. That. That's very, very sweet of you. Uh, uh, it starts with a couple of things. It starts with the writing, right? Because we as actors are musicians. We are instruments. Mm -hmm. We got a script. That's our sheet music. We play the sheet music, right? I love that. So, so our instrument is to play the sheet music. And so the, so the sheet music for us as actors is the script. And so if it's written in a way that is musical or is playable, okay, then the music is good. So, no, I just let's say, no, okay. we just start. We, okay. start, we there. start there. We start there. Okay. And then we start to take risks with it. Meaning, we don't say, this is a B flat, a sharp, or F sharp, or whatever, and I'm going to just wing it over this way. I'm saying, that's still an F sharp, but how does the F sharp come out of my, out of, my, out of this instrument? Does it come different than it comes from another instrument? And that is what I call the reference. Okay, tell, tell so, me what that so is. For me, references are, are every, every person as an artist needs to have a reference, a reference for something. 
I'm playing a guy who drove a truck. I've never driven a truck. Okay. But I drove across country from New York to Los Angeles. Okay. I drove by myself from New York to Chicago to go visit a friend, to go visit my partner. So I know what it's like to drive on my own across the country. Okay. I may never have driven a truck, okay. but I know that feeling. That's my reference. Okay. So when I see truck driver, I don't have to go, oh man, I got the fake truck drive. I have to go, what is my reference for truck driving? Think back, what is your life like? What have you done? This is the experience you've had, you drove across country. That's the reference you have for truck drivers. That reference is how the note comes out of my answer. Okay, so how did you use that reference specific, like, mm -hmm. is it the weariness? So like, what came, mm -hmm. what came through for you with that reference? What came through for me was the, the thing that is, that drove me inside of Eddie and for Eddie and made it my imperative responsibility to play Eddie's orders, which was this deep, 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 profound love for a woman. Mm -hmm. This unforgiving, unconditional, ruthless love for a woman. That, that, because then, for that, I have a reference. Okay, so I was <laughs> right? gonna say, that ain't driving across country alone. But that's so, driving across country from New York, Chicago to see a woman that I still uh, with. Okay. You see what I'm saying? So, so the reference so, does cross over. It does, it does, oh, okay. where you go, oh, okay, well why did you drive across country? Mm. Why does he drive that truck? He drives that truck so he can, earn a living or do what he's got to do to do what he's got to do and be with her and this whole idea of being with someone you love when you're across. All of those things connect to direct references. That reference, when I look at a script as an actor, when any actor looks at the script, mm -hmm. whoever plays editors in the future should look at that and go, what is my reference for this moment? And how that reference is inserted is how the note will play as an instrument. Okay, so now, but when you're in that moment, I believe you are so organic that I don't believe for one minute you're thinking about Felix driving across. You are Eddie. You yeah, are no, Eddie. That's the work you do at home. That's the work you do in your lab. <laughs> so, you know, that's the work you do when you're sitting at home and you're working on your lines and you're actioning and you're giving yourself an action for every line that you're doing and so you are thinking about what it is that you're doing to the other person when you say this line and as you're building all of these thoughts you reference and you say oh I go to the so wait a minute so you have an action that you're gonna do every time you say this line every word every every sentence is a different so action. it's choreographed it's uh, yes in the mind but so are you practice. thinking about your action or are you thinking about the thought and the feeling? I'm thinking about my action which opens up my emotion. Okay, this is an interesting way to work. So yeah, who, what, what's what, your method? My action is, my action, actioning, I action, I'm an actioner. Who, who, I don't, where did you school that this came I, to you? I was, a, I was a member and still am a member, a proud member of the Labyrinth Theater Company in New York City. And, and, I saw that Al Pacino and, was giving you uh, shout outs for, uh, <laughs> yeah, for your performance but, yeah, there. So he's a sweet man. Mm -hmm. so, so, so there, I, uh, one of the first plays I did was a play uh, called In Arabia We'd All Be Kings. And it was directed by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. And so, and it was actually his first play. It was the first play he had directed. And Phil uh, had worked with uh, a guy who I think might have been a Tish. I'm not sure. I don't oh. remember. That. Uh, let me think on uh -huh. that real quick. I can't remember when he he may still be there. But but they taught actioning. I mean, actioning basically was this is this concept that 
you're, and this is again, blasphemy, but who gives a shit? Okay. Our, we've been taught our whole lives as actors, what do you want? What okay. is your objective? What right. do you want? Okay. I don't give a shit about what I want. Ah. I give a shit about what I'm doing to you. How am I affecting you? What how, is it or how, I'm how, doing how, to how you? are you trying or how are you actually? Oh, how you're how actually. What if, so, so, so my first line is uh, when Eddie walks into. Uh, but you're, you don't have another actor that you're. Well, you have the bartender. Right. And we are the bartender. Right. So, so did you. Did you what what did you get the sense I was doing to the person I was talking to? Was I what was I to what that person? Hold, keep, tickle, laugh, impress, honor. This is a that's to. a that's a really good question because it was very layered and you did a lot of things and you had a lot of changes through those eleven minutes. All those things were actions, things that I'm doing to the other person to affect the other person. That's it. What do you want to affect in the bartender? What did you want to? Well, he says, no, 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 no. There's a moment where he says, no, 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 no. I can think about passing, which is saying, don't leave. So to hold, mm -hmm. to keep, to trap. Do you see what I'm saying? These I are do. active things that I can do to you. That is so that have interesting. nothing to do with me wanting something from you. And so then it gets you out of yourself. So you're not. It's not, it's about, not about you. It's about the other ah, person. I'm liking it's this. It's never about me. It's always about the other person. That's what I do. <laughs> and you got at the at the labyrinth. That's that's. Well, I, I learned it there. I mm -hmm. learned, you know, we would we would do action name for for the. So I did a play called Our Lady of 121st Street, and I also did. That's the one where Pacino gave you the shout out. We'd all be kings. <laughs> <laughs> and so the two of those were were both directed by Phil and. And so we did that kind of. Uh, tell tell me a little bit about Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman. I. Uh, well, here's the thing that I. At what point in time, and what what's the reference point here about what you like? He died ooh, three, four years ago. I'm thinking four years ago, or so. So how much before that are we talking? Uh, ninety. This was ninety. Oh. Uh, ninety nine is when I'm maybe became a member, so that was the first production we did uh, in Arabia We'd All Be Kings. So he's already he's already a successful actor at this point, is he? He, he hadn't won the Academy Award. Right. Uh, he, I think, was just coming off of Scent of a Woman, maybe, mm -hmm. or something like okay. that. So in that world, and then just started to his... his and is that is that how Pacino came to this, because of Philip? Yeah, well, no, no. Pacino came because of the actor studio. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they were members... Uh, uh, the actor studio who had seen the show when, and who had suggested that they come and see it. Uh, uh, What's that like when you know Pacino's in the house? It's interesting. There was never, you know how you know the whole like cell phone thing, right? When you're doing a play, it's almost, it, nowadays it's almost inevitable that a, a cell phone will ring during performance. <laughs> it's always like, let's just hope. It's not even like if, it's when it does. Really? It's, no, is that, it's is just, that true? It's a given that when you do a play at some point, the, a cell phone will go off in the audience. You know? you know, as a matter of fact, now that you say that, the night we saw your show, it happened. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh. There you go. Yeah. Wow. So, so that, we I don't know how many shows we did. I want to say close to 100 performances maybe or uh -huh. something. That was the one and only time that a cell phone went off during the performance was the night that Pacino was there. But it was ironic because it's... Uh, 
um, it, it, it didn't it didn't matter. It felt like it didn't matter. It was a moment in the play where where it's the last scene of the play, and I deliver the last monologue of the play about a young uh, a young boy who is my son who I lost, and I tell this tragic story of how I lost him. Uh, and it's a very quiet moment, and the phone went off, and it didn't matter. It mm. just didn't matter mm -hmm. because it was. Uh, uh, you know, Patty Lapone's big thing yeah. going out and, and just yeah. giving the audience yeah. hell. Well, yeah. I did a show. One of the first, it probably, yes, it was the first show that the actor studio had even noticed who I was as an actor. Was I was doing this uh, play called When the Sea Drops in Sand or Havana's Waiting at the Cherry Lane Theater. Do you know the Cherry Lane? I do. Village, Village, okay, so I was doing that show. And on opening night, there's a speech, there's a scene in the play where I play a Cuban, uh, a Cuban taxi driver who's a guy who gets hired by an American who's come back to Cuba to find his roots. Okay. And, uh, and so he comes with a camera, his friend and a camera, and uh, they go off to see the house where the, where the lead character has grown up in, and his friend leaves me with the video camera that they've been using to, tr to chronicle the trip. Mm -hmm. And so the, my character decides to turn the camera on himself and basically give a diatribe into the camera about how awful the United States is and how awful the United States has been to Cuba. So it's a very Cuban perspective. Okay. And I just blast it. It's a, it's a monologue that makes the audience a little uncomfortable. So the actor comes back on stage as he's coming as if he's coming back from the house and the cell phone goes off. And the actor goes up, meaning he forgets his lines. <gasps> and he decides he's gonna do the scene all over. He's gonna make the entrance again. So in doing that, I had to do the speech all over again into the camera because we went back to do the scene over again. And it was a very, very interesting thing. That's probably the only cell phone nightmare I have ever really had everything else has just been like it rains and you let it go but anyway the whole I, I, point it rains and you let it go I, I can't believe that no. somebody would start over and put you in that position to no, have to very, do that no it's a very interesting thing wow. but it was funny because I guess I don't know I started this speech again the audience applauded like it was just there like they were like great we get to hear it again <laughs> it doesn't matter but uh, but that night that he had uh, uh, watched that watched the performance of our lady that was the night that his cell phone went off, but but he was very sweet. And he he uh, he tracked me down. It was weird. Uh, I went I'm not the like, only one tracking you down. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, so much as that, he uh, he sent a he sent a really sweet, kind note to the hotel uh, where I was staying when I took a little a trip to, when I finished the run of the show. I took a little trip to the Caribbean. And he found you in the Caribbean. And the, and the assistant called and said, you know, where are we at? And I said, I'm over here. And he's like, okay. And they. Fedexed overnight a, a, a letter that said I loved your performance and it's sweet. So yeah, I uh, cool. I saw him do a career retrospective at SAG in a little room uh -huh. uh, about three years ago, and uh, he's another one. I, I was sitting dead center and he did the whole thing right. <laughs> I, I know he was looking right at the lights were on that time, but he was so phenomenal and so generous and. He was so Al Pacino. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. And they literally almost had to take him off with him. He would have sat there and talked to us. It was almost two hours. He would have stayed forever. He yeah. is so generous no, of his spirit. And, yeah, he's um, very kind. He's, a, he's an artist. Uh, he's an open artist. Mm, you know, I like he's that. A, he's not a, a reserved or, or closed off artist. He's an open artist. He's always an artist, as opposed to mm -hmm. others who, you know, I'm here and now I'm. Ah, 
Yes, yes, I feel that. Okay, so before we move backwards, so like how you got into this, and, and since we we're, were, we were already talking about the show, um, so I knew nothing about the show, and for those of you, the cost of living, for those of you who don't know anything about it, I don't want to ruin anything, but I had no idea that there were going to be people in wheelchairs, and I had no idea sure. that they were going to be legitimate people in wheelchairs, sure. and I wasn't even sure until the curtain call, yeah. that they were legitimate people sure. in wheelchairs, because they are brilliant. It, it, um, so, all of, okay, can you, what, what, what's, I don't want to put you on the spot, mm. your first line, what, what is your first line, how, how do you engage, what, 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 how do you, where, what's your jump off point when you come out and you're by yourself mm -hmm. and you're talking to that bartender? Yeah, the literal line of the play, yeah. the shit that happens is not to be understood. Shit that happens is not to be understood. No. Okay, you came out. I had no idea what you were doing. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what you were about to do. Sure. I had no idea if I was going to follow you or I sure. was going to be put on. I and at end there are moments of discomfort sure. being on the other side of that when Eddie starts getting really emotional and sure. stuff. It's hard to sit there and have it yeah, very sure. emotional. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Did you know about the play before you auditioned? What did you know? What drew you there? Uh, well, okay, so about five years ago, Martina Majoc brought the, I, beg, I, I wanna, I can't, my memory fails me, mm -hmm. but, but, but I wanna say it was the, the opening speech mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit of the rest of the play. Mm -hmm. And we sat at the Labyrinth Theater Company in an office for a couple of hours and we read it. So myself, Martina, Two other actors and the artistic staff at the time at the at the labyrinth. We sat, we read the play for a bit, and then mm -hmm. we batted some ideas around, and then we read it again, and then that was it. It was like five years ago. But she had that monologue. She had written that monologue. Mm -hmm. That's the first. That's the the that was the very first thing she wrote mm -hmm. when it comes to the piece that is now known as Cost of Living. That was mm -hmm. the very first thing mm -hmm. she wrote. So then that happened. Mm -hmm. That was it. Let it go. Walked away. Whatever. So I'm in Puerto Rico finishing up a couple episodes of uh, a show called SEAL Team on Which CBS we'll talk about. that mm -hmm. I was doing. And Sochi Romero, who was in the play, mm -hmm. um, she played Jess. Mm -hmm. She calls me in Puerto Rico the night before I'm flying back to LA, and she says, uh, look, there's a situation here, and we, we need to replace an actor, and this is crazy, but would you consider coming in five days before? No, you didn't. Yeah, I learned that part in five days before we went in an audience. Six days, six days, whatever, six, six, seven, six, I, seven. Let me not. I cannot tell you what he did. I, that is, that makes it crazier. So, so the, so she called and she said, do you want to do it? And I said, oh my God. I was like, wait, let me just, what is it again? And she said, cost of living. And I was like, just, can you send it to me? And then she sent it to me and I looked and I went, oh, this is this you guy remembered. I remember from a while back. But more importantly, I said, I know this guy, mm. and I want the world to know this guy. I think mm. everybody should know Eddie Torres. So, so I was like, it's kind of, I can't not do the play. I can't not do this. So, so six days. So yeah, man, I landed and I we just hit the ground running. And I was memorizing and, and you have a good mind. And beating and Holy. working on it. And, and Katie Sullivan, who played. Uh, 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 who was my opposite was just, she was kind enough to come in and, and uh, 
Ani just just to, just to play that that part with me for a little bit before we did in front of an audience. And Sochi Romero was the same. She came in and we worked in that last scene that we did together. Mm -hmm. and, and they came in and they gave me they gave me a lot of love, you know. But that whole that whole posse was was up for what they were up for, you know. They were feeling a little down, I guess, because they were it felt wonky with. Having lost somebody? Well, having the, whatever the process was that led to the to the mm -hmm. having to replace the actor mm -hmm. was, was, I got the sense I didn't I don't I don't I don't want it, but I got the sense that it was rough. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that I was coming in and not making it even rougher, but instead just making it different. So so they were kind enough to buy us for as to was just you know uh, acknowledged for his performance in the in the show. He's by tremendous. Someone. She was fantastic. And, and so she and Katie, you know, mm -hmm. were, were were all game. They were all talk about game changing. You know, they they changed the oh, game to go and do it. This you know? show is so game changing. I mean, the fact that there are two characters in wheelchairs. So mm -hmm. Tobias has Sarah. What does he have? He, no, I, no, he was. This was the injured. character has Sarah. Yeah, Wait, Tobias was, I believe, was injured. Okay, which put him in a wheelchair. Right. Uh, and Katie was born with uh, with no legs. And so she I'm does this whole. That right, but I believe she was born with no legs, and then she uh, had worked on it and had, had went through a process to have it uh, have uh, the prosthetic legs put on. But not in the show. Before. No, so in the show she's in a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair. And I'm telling you, at, for, for like the first ten minutes she's on the stage, I'm trying to figure out where her legs are. Okay, yeah. where are her legs? Yeah, where are her legs? No, oh my God, she's she really. Can. And there's and nude scenes, and both of them have nude scenes. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So frank, bold. It's interesting because to, to be very frank, her and I, one of the things that made me, not that I needed much, I really mm -hmm. didn't need much to fall in love with Katie to do what I had to do in the play because she's such a He bathes her. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he bathes her. But, but she does, she did say, you know, in, in sort of, in an honest moment, she mm -hmm. said that it's always, it's always a fascinating experience for her to to have the door open and she comes out in her wheelchair and she, as a person who does not have legs, feel the audience acknowledge that she does not have legs. And that's awkward and, and not only awkward, but in, ironically, it's individually awkward. Each person in the audience is having their own experience. Reaction to the scene, an actor on stage with no legs, and and just and to do and I never once for once because you don't you don't I don't you never once would think that that would ever be something that you would experience as a as an actor as right. a person. But once she told me that, uh, it it again I just it fueled the rest of the run for me because it was about not only about just. Uh, loving her but it was about uh my job was to to blindside the audience from that that was what you were supposed to be watching and instead you were supposed to be watching two people who love each other trying to figure it out which which is exactly what happened so, uh, for me as an yeah. audience member that's exactly what happened yeah but you know but then also just so that you know just on a, on a sort of historical fact mm -hmm. is that martina majoc i believe has some kind of, I don't know if it's a clause, I don't know how they work these mm -hmm. out, these writers, but it does say that it's an absolute requirement that that Ani and... Um, I don't remember Tobias' character. I know, but they, they uh, my brain. But anyway, but that those two characters are specifically to be played by actors with handicap. 
characters. Okay, so the other thing that I didn't realize till after... And, and that the other two characters are specifically to be played by actors of color and my, uh, ethnic actors. So that, that is a... That is a wow. If you want to do this play, that is a requirement. Okay, so that's game-changing right there. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't know that that's ever been done before. At all. And at I all. also was shocked yeah. when we left the theater. Okay, so I grabbed Candy. She grabbed me. We're like, we got to go. We got to go talk to them. So we had to go find you. And, and we walk out, and almost the entire audience is in wheelchairs. Yeah. Which... Yeah. I had no idea because they were Very brought. We, we weren't paying attention when we were sitting in the audience. Sure, sure. But it was that every night. Pretty much, there was pretty much there was pretty much someone with uh, a physical disability. Lots. Uh, every night. Yeah, Lots. Much. Like yeah. there I. There were nights where there were some. Uh, my you know own personal because I'm a dog lover, but there mm -hmm. were nights when there were like guard, uh, guide dogs and like assist dogs, and they're sitting in the audience. And I'm like, are you liking the show? <laughs> I hope you like the play. Jesus. But, uh, but yeah, no, there were there were tons of, uh, and it's great because that's, you know, Shakespeare said, you know, I write theater for the people, and those are the people. And for those people to have. A vehicle that represents them for you know when Tobias uh, is get about to be bathed showered whatever and he they go through the whole process of undressing him and she moves him. I mean yeah. we've never seen that before never uh, never never I it's... watched it every night on the monitor backstage with these little monitors mm -hmm. let us know what's going on and I watched it every night so bold and mm -hmm. so brave and, and also yeah. you bathing yeah, honey, yeah, yeah, it, Sullivan, yeah. I mean, that's just, yeah, I don't pretty, think it's, it's ever been done before. It's one of those things, yes. No, it, uh, uh, that that I can recall never in that regard, mm -hmm. uh, uh, or in that, with that level of specificity, so obviously hats off to so Michelle for doing uh, it, but, but, uh, and but one deserving of, the, of that, one of the that was always nice was to take a quiet moment to, to allow for the audience to hear the sound of the water, mm. you know what I mean, because... Uh, we uh, we watch when we're in a theater watching a play, but rarely do we listen. So so to hear sounds like how that, wonderful! You know. I, I taught a candy brought a friend of hers, and uh, the next day we were messaging back and forth, and he said there was one moment of that play that is completely unforgettable to me that I that he was he couldn't get past, mm -hmm. which takes place in that scene, and. Um, uh, yeah, extra groundbreaking on so many levels. But again, for me, mm. what really affected me beyond my experience was your performance, which just um, so what I did. The reason that Felix is here is was because after the show, we ran down to get, and you were very shy, and you were being sort of overwhelmed by a lot of people yeah. just trying to like talk to you and. <laughs> Candy's introducing, I'm introducing, and it's like, you know, and um, and then I got home, and, and like literally, as soon as I got home, I like, I like found you on Facebook, I sent Felix a message, I was like, you have to do this, because I was just um, so blown away, and so then I had no idea what your body of work was, and so then I start doing a little bit of research. So let's go back. So okay. so you grow up in, in Greenwich Village. You're a kid in Greenwich Village. Yeah, yeah. We lived on, well, when I was born, we lived on 73rd and Columbus. Okay. Right across from that Pioneer supermarket. We <laughs> Which is no longer there. No, 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 no,
and then they, uh, my parents were superintendents. My, my mm -hmm. father is a plumber, carpenter, electrician, handyman. Uh, was he, mother, are you first generation? Yeah, my mom and my dad are from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mother was uh, uh, from uh, a beach town in Puerto Rico and my father as well. And so, and so, yeah, so we were there, and then I was eight, I think. Mm -hmm. I was eight years old, and we moved from 73rd and Columbus to 15th Street between 8th and 9th, and that Chelsea. Which the, wasn't the even called Chelsea no, then. No, no, no. <laughs> it was like Clinton or something. Yeah, like yeah. But at that Chelsea Greenwich Village mm -hmm. border, and then I, I was born and raised and, and grew up in that. In public the, school? In the private school? Public all, school? Private all the public all the way, PS41, mm -hmm. uh, IS70. Yeah. I did so, what sparked? When did? When? What? What was the first thing you wanted to be when you grew up? Did you want to be an actor from the get go? What? what no. What, no. What, what did you want to be? A, <laughs> a good son, a good person. Nice. I, yeah. No, I know. It sounds stupid. No, but, it doesn't sound like, stupid. But That's I, really I just, nice. I don't know. I was just like, I just wanted to do something nice or whatever. I wanted to do something good. I didn't, you know. Well, so now wait, what instilled this goodness in you? The jury is out whether I achieved that. What, but, I, well, <laughs> we were talking about beating the law before the show started. We were talking about every which way to beat the law. So exactly. This illegality. is a very interesting thing. <laughs> no, but like, no, it was just, it was just because you know, I grew up in the streets. I'm a street kid. I grew mm -hmm. up in the streets, and that's when that, and 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 sometimes I say that, and people go, "Oh, you were a derelict." I wasn't. I just, the streets were my my playground. Mm -hmm. Like, mom and dad were like, go out and play on the street. Yeah, but you know, I'm sorry. That's the way we were all brought up yeah, in New York. The that The street was our playground. But in that experience, mm -hmm. you do get to see what they say when they say the streets can be tough. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that experience was always, basically me saying I wanted to be somebody good and be a good person was me going, I don't want uh, to get into drugs. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to end up in prison. I don't want to end up, uh, you know. Because that's so, what you were seeing. That's, that's what I grew up with. Mm -hmm. So, so, so it started there. Okay. But uh, my parents couldn't afford babysitters. They couldn't afford, so we got thrown Mine into, after, yeah, so we got thrown into after school programs. Mm -hmm. And one of the after school programs that I got tossed into was a, 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 a theater, theater games in it. And how old were you when that happened? I was, so PS41, we had just gotten, I was nine, eight or nine years old. Yeah. And so you're doing, you're doing classes? Yeah, we're doing things, I did, like, I was playing, like, I played the Coca-Cola can and the recycling play, and, you know, like, I was the sad Coca-Cola clown, you know, like, that kind of thing, big, big Coca-Cola costume with me, like, the, all of that. And, school and, plays? Yeah, yeah. School plays? Did school plays. And did you know that, did you no. know you had... Something? No. 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 I still don't think I got it. Uh, all right. I, I, I know what I mean by that is that I don't arrogantly go, I'm a talented actor who's going to be recognized. Okay. All right. That's fair. Ever. I won't ever do that. Uh, my mother may jump out of her grave and slap me in the face for thinking that way. So, this humility so, here. So, so, so yes. No, no. I just did it. I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. Uh, so when does it become the goal? Right, like, right, nine, ten, eleven. No, I just was doing it. You just kept, you just yeah, doing my it. My father said, you know what my father said to me? He said, I kid you not. He said, if people are dumb enough to pay you to do this, you should be smart enough to take the money. <laughs> 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 okay. I love it. All right, so, but at some point you like, made it. Because he was like, you know, what is this thing? This, Did your parents thing. approve? First play, my, my father came to see me in. Underground play, uh, St. Mark's Place, like deep, deep underneath. Right some lower, lower basement thing. We were doing this play called Play-Doh, 
which was a spin on, on Rebel Without a Cause, except it was told through the eyes of the Salminio character, right? Ooh. And so I played the Salminio character, and it was this weird thing, and whatever, and I had to kiss a guy, and all this stuff. Oh, your so father must have loved that. So he came, so this is so this is my father, so this is weird, okay? So uh-huh. my father came to sleep, and so with my mother, probably the only show they'd ever seen me do live, probably. Mm. And uh, everything else is, you know, film and television, but, but, but I remember after the show, my mother was like, that was nice. And then, and, and my father said, you know, when you walk out, when this, uh, you know, the lights go out, it's really dark. So when you walk off stage, you gotta be careful because there could be a nail sticking out the wall and it could be like, he's that, it was that, like, it didn't matter. The art was not there. It was just that, that cause that's who he The logistics is. of it. And yeah. he's still that to this day. He's that, I would get on the phone with him and he's very, very practical. practical. Very but the practical. fact that he wouldn't say anything about you kissing another guy is very, that's, well, I gotta you know, give him, I gotta give him for he, that he one. He had a choice, you know, he had a choice. We could have, he could have taken, he could have not taken the job in, in, on 15th Street and, and raised it someplace else. But I think him and my mother made mm. a decision that maybe they don't even realize what they did, but but, the, but they, they brought us to an artistic world. Mm-hmm. And inside of that artistic world, we're talking, transvestites at night running up and down the street on 15th street yeah, yeah. meatpacking district thing oh yeah and, and you know and all of those things and so that's a world i grew up in so mm-hmm. so i never got the feeling that i had to have an opinion or a, or a, a bias of any kind towards something other than this is how i grew up this is what we do this is what we do and your parents were sort of um they just took that stuff for granted too because i mean that was their neighborhood also sonia my mother Sonia was Sonia from the block. She was the woman. <laughs> they would come to her. She'd be like, "Get in here." There were times where they, like, the cops would be chasing these. Get out uh, of these, here! Uh, these uh, transvestites down the street. I, I'm, not, I'm probably not saying the politically correct word for it now, but but like, then she would open the door to the, to the building and let them in, and they'd hide, and the cops would go by. Wow! Like she was just a woman who was. She was the kind of person who, if you said Sonia, that's a beautiful necklace, she'd go like this. And oh. give it to you like she's that person. Oh. But anyway, uh, I grew up with that. So, mm. so well. So your so your yeah. goal to be a good person. Yeah, I just came from that. Mm-hmm. But no, but seriously, I, I just I, uh, in all honesty, I didn't I didn't go. I'm going to be. An well, at some point you made a decision because you you audition you didn't go but you auditioned for LaGuardia from what you told me. I did. Yeah. Okay, so LaGuardia is a I high did. school in New York. Yeah, which high school was for the performing, performing arts. arts. Right. Yeah. No, I did. I did because. Because Mr. Koski, you know, we always have one, right? Mr. Koski was my Spanish teacher, mm. and I had to get a reference letter from a teacher, right? And so Mr. Koski was the only one who was like, I was comfortable enough approaching him, being like, Mr. Koski, you do me a favor. I'm mm. supposed to get this recommendation mm. letter. And he wrote this, I still have it framed. Uh, he wrote a letter basically saying, Felix can't do anything other than this. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, like, like, like he was like he's not very attentive in class. When we're what doing what had he seen you do up to that point? He had seen me be a coke can recycled. What? No, he yeah. saw me do. I I played a rambunctious skateboarder in like a hair type influenced two gentlemen of Verona production that we did at high school. <laughs> wow, you were always yeah, doing kind of wacky yeah, yeah, theater. Yeah, wow. What well, because the teachers that I had are teachers that probably you know that my my drama teacher was was at Kent State, wow. you know, like we're talking people who were part of that life-changing, history-changing moments that were happening and occurrences that were happening. So I was dealing with, 
I don't want to call them hippies, but I want to say that I was dealing with artists. Those were the people I was taught. That's what I mean by saying you grew up in Greenwich Village. Mm -hmm. Those are your teachers, right? Not like other places. Right. Right. But anyway, uh, so that so he'd seen that and he wrote this letter and I saw it and I was like, wow, this was I just literally have it framed and it basically said he does he doesn't he has no aptitude for anything other than being on stage. That's when he becomes alive and that's when he. He does his thing, and I showed it to my mom. My mom was like, "Okay." That's my dad going, "Well, can you get paid for this?" And I was like, "I don't know. Let's see, whatever." And, uh, and so you so you applied to LaGuardia. You got in. No. You chose not to go. Tell the people why you didn't go, Felix. Because I, I lived on 15th Street, and uh, and the school was on 68th Street. All the way to 68. Oh my God! Street. You would have had to take a train. No, I had to take. I could. I had to walk and then take a train because uh -oh. I lived on 15th between 8th and 9th. So there that's you go. the A C E and the K at the time. <laughs> You go up that, that doesn't take you there. The one takes you there. That's the one right. is on 7th Avenue. <laughs> so you had to go up to 7th Avenue and then get on. Hey, it was nah. just too much fun. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go right here. I literally, I went to, uh, so I went to <laughs> IS-70. Yeah. And then I went to uh, to Humanities, mm -hmm. right? So, okay. So, Where was Humanities? Well, I'm going to show you this. This, okay. is, oh, this, okay. is how, this is how. Small your world was? Yes. Okay. So I lived on 15th Street. Right. PS41, which is my elementary school, was on 11th Street. Okay, four blocks. Okay. Not bad. IS70, 17th Street. <laughs> Two blocks. Humanities, 18th Street. <laughs> when I was in junior high school, I was looking out the window to my high school. And when I was in high school, I was looking out the window to my junior high school. That's oh. how close I stayed to home. <laughs> I totally get that. I lived in three different apartments on 24th Street. Third Avenue, Second Avenue. I get it. I get it. I'm a homebody. I'm a homebody. I I'm an it. islander, as they say. I'm a true islander. I get Island it. Of Manhattan. But anyway, so yeah, so I stayed. But didn't stop. So okay, now you doing theater while you're in high school at Humanities? Yeah. You mm -hmm. doing theater? And that's the only thing I could do to get past the classes. Like I would to take the class, you know, and I just do. Oh, they gave me an A in this. You hooked me up with a D in that, so I can get the out of here. <laughs> so okay, so now you're you're doing it. Are you are you auditioning outside in the world, or are you just doing high school stuff? No, you're just doing, doing the school stuff. You doing, doing the school, school stuff. stuff. Yeah. Now at this point, do you have an idea? This no. Is no, I was a senior. I missed my graduation because I I failed gym. Because I didn't work out, so I wouldn't go to gyms. <laughs> okay, so I almost failed gym too. Dude, I, so failed, I, I, I went to summer school for gym. <laughs> I had to go to summer school for gym because I fucked up in gym. But anyway. I took pool so, and ping pong in college. That was how I got through my PE requirements. Oh my God. Yo, you I didn't want to mess up my sneakers. I had dope sneakers on. Huh? And I would never want to use them for gym. So yeah, I had suede pumas. I had my shell top I have Adidas. never heard of anybody going to summer school for gym. Yeah, that was me. I did oh that. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so I completed. They sent me my diploma in the mail or whatever. Oh I can't even remember. So you didn't get to walk? I mean, I, I No, I didn't get to walk. I didn't. I, mean, I went to my junior high school dude ranch prom trip in oh my pajamas God. and a Prince <laughs> Revolution t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now... Better. so. You, so college, so, yeah. so, so you get out so of high school, I'm wait, what do you want to be when you get out of high school? Nothing, I was looking for a job at a supermarket. I was not, no joke, I was looking for a job at a supermarket. No I ambition. I'm a manager, well, I mean, my ambition, I don't know, but I'm talking about like. You just I, wanted to make a I living. I just wanted to be normal, yeah, I just wanted okay. to be normal. And okay. Then, and then I was, I was in the newspaper and there was a, a an ad for uh, presidential scholarships to uh, a BA and BFA scholarships to a school called Marymount college on the Upper East Side where they have a theater program here. And so I looked at that, I looked at my dad, and my dad was like, mm, I don't know, you want that? I'm going to go. And I got 
Central Scholarship to study. And I got four years paid to study college, uh, to study theater. Which is a pretty damn good thing. Yeah, no, Samantha I Samantha got I that presidential too, my daughter, yeah. but she got it for poli-sci there, which yeah. wasn't, she didn't want that. Yeah, well, but, I, that's not where I went. I, I went to audition, and then there was somebody from the presidential committee sitting, committee sitting in on the auditions. It was like, we'd like to give this guy four years of college. And I was like, cool, whatever. But it, all it did was get me in debt, picky. Because I was paid for, so then all those loan companies were coming at me, and they're like, you want this loan? You want this? You don't need And I was like, ooh, yeah. So I was Mac Daddy in college. I was like, I'm buying this, I'm buying that, I'm buying this. Uh, anyway. So, so, when you're, so when you're in college, when, when does it dawn on you, I want to be a professional actor? It never has, boo. <laughs> I'm being straight up with you, man. I've never said I want to be a professional actor. But you are a professional actor. I'm doing it now, yes. yes. I earn a living, I do it, and I have found my love for it now. How um, did you find that? What, what, was, what, 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 what did Felix say when he first came in and I said, we have to have him say that on the air? It was something about what, what uh, it, it wasn't about the, the action thing about acting, but it was, it was a one, you gave us one line about sort of the summation of, of Oh, maybe it'll come to me. Yeah. I'm missing it now. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, no, I, I, I think I know what you're talking you do? about. I do, I do. Uh, it was just when I realized that I was going to better suit myself as an artist and as a person if, if when I auditioned, I tried to not give them what they were looking for, but more what I would do in the part. Okay, so this is, uh, this is genius because you I mean, also... It's also risky because you lose a job because... Sometimes the, the industry will go, well, no, this is what we're looking for, so thank you, and you lose it. But you lose, you may not get the job, but you still sort of been Keep yourself as an actor. Yeah, you've been true yourself. But then actor. also you've gotten things that one wouldn't <laughs> expect you to get. Sure. Like you were giving the example, if you go in and they're looking for a blonde, blue-eyed, whatever, sure. and then sure. you come in and you just... I offer them something different, sure. And you do it with... with a confidence sure. that what you're going to give them is going to be worthy this, whether they is, choose it or if not. If you choose me, this is what you will get. Yes. So can you give us can you give me an example of a time when you walked into yeah. a part that you were not physically right what they were looking for and you kind of worked your way into it? Sure. Uh so NYC 22. Okay, which was uh, Jane Rosenthal and Robert De Niro produced. Yeah, it was a TV show that was done at on, at CBS. Mm -hmm. And uh, my character was a young, athletic black man. Oh. And uh, uh, he had been written that way. Okay. A young, athletic black man. And then um, my uh, uh, the casting directors who were casting that had seen me in other things mm -hmm. and had said, you know what, because it's also partly them too, which you always have to tip your hat to the casting directors who are brave enough to say, I know he's young, athletic, and black. Let me just bring this little Puerto Rican kid in. <laughs> so now, you know is this I mean? a casting director that knew you? Yeah. Uh, clearly. Had done, had seen you do other things. Or okay. Stuff. And so they're the ones too, in, in, in the, in the, that process of mm. being cast, there's always, you know, there's, well, what do you think? Oh, you're asking my opinion? Okay, cool. Which is another milestone as an actor, mm. by the way. But, right. But for casting directors, it's also a great moment for them to go, oh, you're asking my opinion. Well, I think you should consider, I know that he's this, this, and this. Maybe, let me just bring this guy in so you can see him. <clears throat> and I know that because when I get the breakdown, I read that he's a young athletic black man, and I go, okay, clearly that's not me, so I have to 
acknowledge the fact that this casting director is showing them something they don't they're not, not looking for right right so then that's when you know that's when you step up that's kind of like when the coach says hey you're up Okay, so you're going in there knowing that they're looking for a, a an athletic young black man. Yeah. So how 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 did you win that? What 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 was it when I, you went in that room? I I, I looked at my script mm -hmm. and I actioned it. Yeah. I chose actions. I used references, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I put together um, an audition that was based on things that I know that I've had in my own life and in my own experience things that I know that are in this that are in this character and then I added one thing that I think was something that I think was always and I have recently come to terms with the fact that I think this is how I want to continue my career okay I found what the person cares about mm. I, I searched and sometimes we don't always get that sometimes it is uh, and I, for lack of a better word a one or two dimensional character it's just plainly written but that we as an actor, we do have an opportunity every time we audition to try and build, if not build, and find and excavate that which the character cares about. So, for example, How is that different from what the character wants? Because earlier you were mm -hmm. saying that mm -hmm. a lot of actors approach it as, this is my what objective. I want. Right. My objective. So how yeah. is this different from that? It's different in so much as that it's, it's what you're willing to do what you're, what what you care about is what, what's motivating, what drives you, mm -hmm. again, takes you outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're driving toward this other thing. You're going towards the thing that makes you want to say the line that's on the script. The thing that makes you want to do the thing that has to be done in the script, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. That care, that kind of thing. So, for example, for at NYC Twenty Two, mm -hmm. when I had the audition, I looked and I noticed that the character was speaking to a lot of young adolescent kids. Mm -hmm. He was an undercover cop. Who was who actually wore this very hat? Uh -huh, nice. <laughs> so, but but he uh, but he was talking to a, a, a group of young punks on mm -hmm. the street mm -hmm. and was trying to get information about one particular kid who they were trying to find. Mm -hmm. And so that was what the side had been written. Now again, it was written by Richard Price, so mm -hmm. again, beautifully written mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. But I looked and looked and looked and I thought, what is it that I can add that is? And I thought, oh. He cares about the future of these kids. It's not in the script. He doesn't say, I care about the future. Right, right, right. But I was like, this is what's going to motivate him to make sure that they understand what's so to care for them, to hold them, to teach them, to wake them, to shake them. These are all active things, mm. actions, action, mm -hmm. actions. So that, that's kind of what I did, and I brought that in, and, and, uh, and the director liked it, and the director was like, I think this is the guy you should use. And and I got it. So, so that kind of that kind of that was an example of one. And is there one that you can give us where you did that and it 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 worked against you? Yeah, about eighty percent of the auditions. Okay, oh, pick on. pick one. Yeah. Well, so mm -hmm. <laughs> I uh, let's see which is a good one to choose. This. So I I went in. This was a wonderful show. I hope it goes. I don't know where it is at this moment right mm -hmm. now, but it was this wonderful show called C. S-E-E, -E. Hmm. and it was a show that takes place in a world where uh, it's kind of post-apocalyptic in structure, but that everyone is blind. The world has gone blind, and the world has been blind for 25 years. So we all now operate in a blind world. And I really, really dug it. I wow. I really, really, really liked it. Uh -huh. uh, 
And so I put together this thing that was not what was on the page. Such as? Uh, I, I made him sort of, I, I broadened him in a way that he was kind of like, you know like the wizard in Conan? You know, remember the Conan Barbarian films? It was okay, so there was always a wizard who believed that he spoke to the earth and that the earth spoke back. <laughs> and so I did this audition where I was very like, come to me, universe. And just a big thing. That's how I wanted to play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they're all like, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't yeah. get that one. But yeah. yeah, but you know, but again. But that's taking chances. Yeah, yeah, and that's the risk, and it's hard. I know it's hard because the risk means, and in, in, in specifically in this kind of world, film and television, the risk means uh, paying your rent, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you could take a risk in theater because theater doesn't, you won't ever earn a living in theater. So, mm -hmm. so you take the risk and you take the risk, and so you don't get the part. But when you take a risk in film and television, uh, it's it's. Yeah, it's a living. You know what I mean? It's kind of what pays the rent, and so you and so you go, okay. But I have not yet felt that the payoff of doing what I want to do as an artist and offering what I would do in this part as opposed to what is looked for. Uh, you have no regrets. I, I can't, yeah. I sleep well at night knowing that I did I just I did my thing. Okay, so how did the career so how did the career start to happen where you were able to merge Creativity and commerce. How did so there's this guy Benny Nieves who I love. He's a sweetheart. Mm -hmm. we, we don't stay in touch anymore. And he gets mad at me about that. But mm -hmm. I'm working on that for 2019. It's about reconnecting mm -hmm. 2019 for me. Good. But I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. I've gotten enough lumps on my head from friends about that. So, so, uh, so Benny, uh, Benny and I would hang out. We did a play together. We did a Miguel Pinero play down in Chelsea, mm -hmm. and uh, and he called his agent mm -hmm. and Andrew. Lawler and said to him, you should go and see Felix. I had been cast in a production of Pericles. We were doing it at the Brooklyn Band Show in mm -hmm. Prospect Park, summer theater, like, you know, Shakespeare. The this is after college, during college? When is this? During. During, during mm -hmm. college. Uh, it's what pulled me out of college, actually. Mm -hmm. And so and so he came and saw the play. Mm -hmm. and, then, uh, and then he submitted me for this uh, television show called... Uh, New York on the cover. It was a sort of hip hop music video version of the cop drama that was on Fox, I think. And uh, and and it was Benny who who also suggested to the casting director that they see me and like cop rock, not like cop rock, like cop like rock. Cop rock. Kathleen Wilhoit's yes. a friend of mine. Oh, like, I love cop rock. Like cop rock. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, and I got cast. I got cast in it. It was my first television gig and. Uh, were you musical? Are you musical? No, I don't sing. I don't dance. Mm -hmm. No, but this was like a you know like the the montage scenes of them chasing down the the bad guy and so on and so forth were all very music video oriented. I see. Oriented. I yeah. see. And uh, and then uh, and then I got it and uh, and then. Did I you move out it. here? No, that's all in New York. That was in New York. Vicky, I lived in New York for forty four years from the time I was born until I was forty four. Okay. And I left New York City three years ago to, oh. to come to Los Angeles. But you did a lot of TV while you were there. Yeah, yeah, like Law and Order. I yeah, see a lot of Law and Order. Yeah, you've got you to go. You've got to pay your dues. You've got to yeah. do Law and Order. you got to do them. You do them. Yes, you do. You say yes. You always say You never say no. You go in for every single one of those. Because that's, the, that's the, the bread and butter. That's right. the workforce there. That's the, you know, that's the... Working for McDonald's of the actors, you go to these every you know. That show ran for 
crazy. It is still running. Yeah, it's crazy. So, but you were on the original before they started. Yeah, the mothership. Yeah, it. yeah the, the mothership. mothership. Yeah, but um, but but yeah, I did all of those and did all of those and kept doing all of those and kept doing all of those and then I, I don't know, I turned forty four and, and. Okay, so wait. Before you turn forty, so so while you're in New York and you're doing. The law and orders mm -hmm. and those kinds of things that are filming there, Correct. NYPD Blue. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're doing yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you still you still doing theater? Yes. You're still doing theater. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. and you're and you're making a living as an actor. I, I was uh, based on the, the 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 mom and pop the Puerto Rican mom and pop tradition. <laughs> yes. Which what is that? Okay, you don't have to leave the house. You can live with us for the rest of your life. You <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, son no, still does with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, my, yeah. my mother was like, oh, where are you going? Where are you going? <laughs> when, when I went to college and I was in the dorm, yeah. I think I was in the dorm two days. Two and days. Back home. No, my mother came. Yeah. She cooked for us. <laughs> she did the laundry. She's like, because I went to school right there. I was like, you oh, saw that's So, anyway, but yeah, no. And then I got the, when I started working in, in television and doing the television stuff, and it made me want to say, uh, that coupled with the fact that I don't know if I was very happy with the way I was being taught in uh -huh. college. That, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like I was being changed. And, mm. and that which made me unique was being mm. away from me. So I mm -hmm. kind of rebelled a little bit from that. And, mm -hmm. so, and so I took off. I left school and I, and I, and I, and I started working. But yeah, doing theater, doing doing plays, always being told, you know, go to Los Angeles, go to Los Angeles. But I was like, but again, I'm a homebody. I told you I went to elementary school four blocks away, high school a block away. So what we'll finally got you out here? Um, my manager. Hmm? My manager. I. Uh, so it turns out that Felix's manager was married to Greg Allman and was in my green room for my jam when Greg Allman played my club because my jam master introduced his manager to Greg Allman. It's it's crazy world. Yeah, when you told me that, I was like, woohoo. Okay, this is a crazy world. So yeah. your ma so, so your manager. So so she so she's here. She's based out of Los Angeles. Okay. And so what the agent that I had been working with for a while got caught uh, embezzling oh. uh, money from his clients. Oh. Yeah, and he got caught. From you? Not from me because I'm New Yorkian. <laughs> I got the check. <laughs> so he and then he gets the ten percent. <laughs> That's just how I did. I love it. I love so it. So I didn't get caught in that. But, I love but it. that's neither here nor there. That's just me being ghetto. But anyway, okay. But uh, in a good way, in a proud way. But anyway, it's <laughs> just like I'll get and then you get. The, I like I, that. I'm Jewish. We do it the same way. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> it's the same thing. It is. But anyway, so yeah, so I, I went, uh, yeah, whatever. I broke my band. I just got this fucking band. Don't ask. Anyway, yeah, so go ahead. So you can't, so she, so, 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 so I lost that manager, that agent, because he got caught doing all this crazy shit. And so I had a, I had a bolt. And so I had just done a pilot with an actor in mm -hmm. Chicago mm -hmm. and I asked her, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't know anybody. I'm just about to lose my agent because he just got caught doing this crazy shit. So mm -hmm. and she, she, she said, I'll bring you to my, she was at D2 management at the time, which is Danielle's management company. And she said, why don't you come by? And I had done, I guess, enough work mm -hmm. at that point. To, You've done quite a to, bit. I had done enough to sort of have, you know, Danielle and, and, and Dee Dee Ray, who's the part of the D2, mm -hmm. uh, Dee Dee and Danielle. Uh, and they both watched my reels and they looked at my resume and they were like, let's, let's, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it for it. And I've been there since and I'm super, super grateful. She's, uh, she's my queen. I, I dig her. She's, she's, she fights for me in a way that... 
So she gets you in those rooms when uh, they're looking for a blonde, blue-eyed. And she's well. Yeah, she's good. She's good. And so, so what? So since coming out here, so SEAL Team, I know. Yeah. Well, so I came out with a show called Colony. I came out to do a show called Colony, Um, and then finished that sooner than I was anticipating. Thought I had, for some reason I thought I was going to stay on the show a little longer, okay. but I didn't. So I had booked basically my place to stay mm-hmm. for that amount of time, right? And then I had, that job ended early, so I was like, "Well, I'm already paid up to this point, so let me stay and stick around." And again, Danielle encouraging me to stay because it's easier for her to get me into rooms here, mm-hmm. and uh, and she did, and uh, and so I kind of came to stay for three months, and it's been three years. So how, have you done any theaters? Well, I know you did the one well, theater. This, have you done any no, other? No, that's no, that's it. No, I, uh, this, The Cost of Living was the first play I'd done in six years. So no, how, okay, so I know they came to you and asked you to do it, because it was based well, on a relationship that you had from New York, correct? Well, Sochi Romero, who was in the cast, called me and said, are you willing to do this? And you knew her from? I've known Sochi because she did theater with my partner in New York. Okay. Uh, and then, so it's in New York. And she also, again, so she was the one who let me sleep on her couch while I was here trying to figure it all out. Aww. Like she opened her house to me, so she's a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and so yeah, so she was the one who reached out. But I hadn't done so. That yet. was the first theater you'd done in, and you did it in six days. The, it, the, I can't even explain to you the magnitude of how insane it's this so, is if you haven't seen the show. It's, crazy. it's craziness. I'm, it's craziness. Um, but yeah. But anyway, so then I came out and I and I and I decided I said, oh, let me give it a go here and let me let me see what it is and it's been fun. It's been different, you know. I start. I'm, so what have you done? What else have you done since you've been out here? Uh, well, I did Seal Team, and then. Uh, so Seal Team, our yeah. friend who who did uh, who's done uh, this show and who did Women Who Write, um, Snuffy Walden is the uh-huh. compo- is the the composer. He's the, oh, the okay. musical. Oh sweet! Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Of Seal Team, yeah. yeah. No, I mean that was fun. That was uh, you know, I get you get to basically you're playing GI Joe, and you're honoring the military in a way that that is respectful. Mm-hmm. And, and I and I said yes again. I think another role that I came in and said, I know this is what you got, but this is what I would do. How how did you do it different than it was on the paper? Uh, he was just a little. He cared more again about his people, and he cared more about about his 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 lieutenant who mm-hmm. was in, in this particular storyline. His lieutenant was in trouble and and uh, and, and, uh, and had sort of a marked back on him from the bad guys, and so to, just to protect the care, the willingness, and there was another thing that was also uh, I think something that they hadn't expected, which is that I wasn't afraid to sort of be an assertive character, mm-hmm. you know, with with lead actors you mm-hmm. know, to be also an assertive character, mm-hmm. and I think they uh, they got a kick out of that. <laughs> so, but anyway, so the SEAL team, and then uh, and. So now Gloria Kellett, I'm gonna get her yeah, name yeah. wrong. She's got she's a three name person. Gloria Calderon. Calderon Kellett. Okay. So she, uh, we talked about Gloria because when we were with Norman Lear, Gloria is uh, the co showrunner of One Day at a Time reboot with yeah. with our friend Mike Royce, and so she had. Uh, yeah, I got cast in in so so Danielle represents Justina Machado, who is the lead on One Day at a Time. Okay. And so. They were kind enough to ask me to do an episode of One Day at a Time, uh, and I did it. Okay. It was a lot of fun. It's the first time I'd ever done live studio audience stuff, so that was a blast. What was your character on that? I was a, I played a dad 
of one of the kids who, so there was a storyline where uh, uh, Schneider brings the little boy on a baseball trip and they're staying at a hotel. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's kind of the storyline of how does a mother trust their kids with a, uh, a friend. And, uh, and I played the dad of one of the other baseball players, little, mm -hmm. little kids who were baseball players. And a funny moment, mm -hmm. a funny Cuban moment. Have you, done have you done sitcoms? No, no that, was that, that was it. Did you get to be funny? I have to I go did. watch. I had a look, I had a look. Yeah. Which I love, I love the look. You know, they say the line and you're like, <laughs> and then you get to laugh, you know that kind of. It was fun. It was yeah, fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh huh. But um, but then so then Gloria put together uh, her own show mm -hmm. uh, called History of Them, mm -hmm. uh, which basically was I think autobiographical. It tells the story of how she met her her now husband, mm -hmm. then you know boyfriend, and and, uh, and it, how it wasn't always like love at first sight. And it was a beautiful thing. So I was lucky enough to be cast as. Uh, the character, the main character's father, Cuban, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. He runs a, a food truck. He was running a restaurant. It was a failed attempt. Mm -hmm. His daughter steps in and uh, and helps him and transforms the restaurant into a food truck, mm -hmm. and it's successful. So that was uh, history. History of them. History of them. Yeah. So what? What? Uh, what's What's happening for you? What What's coming up for you? Do you have something on the agenda? Are you working towards no, something? No, I mean, I just I came from. I went to Atlanta to do uh, a, a new show for uh, the new Apple streaming channel that's coming. Oh wow! Out. Uh huh. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Remember amazing stories. I do. It's a reboot of, of amazing stories, mm -hmm. so it's kind of cool. And, and I worked with some fantastic, fantastic Robert Forster was the lead. Uh -huh. I met Robert. Oh, he's such a sweetheart. Yes. I had such a good time doing that. So uh -huh. I did that. And then, and that's really it. I, I, I came back and from doing that, and it's been the holidays. And then I'm just sort of, I'm not, I want to say I'm waiting for something to happen, but I'm, I'm allowing the universe to, to provide. I love that. Yeah. I'm just going to allow the universe to provide for a little bit until I have to get a job. <laughs> and so do you, do you not, are you able to not stress? Does the, so, Felix meditates. Tell us about twice a day. Yeah. So yeah. No, I I, I learned uh, my meditation through Ziva Meditation, which is a fantastic company. It's run by a wonderful woman named Emily Fletcher, and and, uh, and it's Vedic in its tradition and in its format. It's now uh, become its own thing. But but um, but it's twenty minutes a day in the morning, twenty minutes uh, sometime before the sun goes down. You know, back supported, head doesn't need to be resting so you don't fall asleep. It's okay, so explain explain yeah. about the head. I love what you were telling me about. Well, the body thinks it's going to bed if your head is resting on something. Psychologically, if you put your head on something, your body goes, oh, it's time to go to bed. And so if you try to calm yourself, you're just going to fall asleep. So what you want to do is you want to trick the mind into thinking we're going to bed now, but we're not because you're not going to rest. That's why it's called head rest. Uh-huh. That's why we lay our head to rest. Uh-huh. Once this goes, once the head is supported and resting, you're up. You're going to sleep. So 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 it's it's just back supported, twenty minutes a day, twice but a day. But it can be it can be oh, slouching, yeah. no, it doesn't I have do. to be no, you don't I have your fingers bench, like this. I cross my legs, I have my hands like this, I'll put shades on sometimes so people think that I'm not, you know, and then I'll just go away. 
a little bit. I'll do the voodoo. <laughs> and I also uh, love that you were saying that, you know, I was saying my trouble with meditation is that I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat. And, and how did you say to me? Well, you should. You should. because It's not thoughts, an absence of thought. Well, you can't. The body literally cannot stop thinking. So what about these yogis that claim that they're like in this other universe forever and ever? No, I can't speak on behalf of them, but I know that when I close my eyes, my thoughts come and I let them run. I let them play. Like we were talking earlier, I let them be little kids at a playground or like my dog at the dog park. You just let them run and then eventually they'll get tired. They'll tire down and when they do, they lay down and, you know. Okay, so what if you start having like an obsessive thought mm-hmm. um let's say something's working on you mm-hmm. there's a part and mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. thinking about how, how am i going to work it to get that so mm-hmm. how do you do anything or do you just let it pass what what do you do i don't yeah i don't do anything mm-hmm. i just let it be if mm-hmm. that's if that's what my meditation is going to be that's what it'll be as long as i keep my eyes closed for 20 minutes so if you keep your eyes closed for 20 minutes and your mind is still working all that time do you feel still more restful when you're, do you feel? Uh, so there's this thing, <clears throat> there's two things that are happening right now. Okay. One I need to, I just need to say, which is that I believe, and again, based on what I've been taught, mm-hmm. that t- to talk about what I do as a meditator, mm-hmm. it can only be done with worthy inquiry. And worthy inquiry is you actually asking me the question. So what do you do when you do this? That's a worthy inquiry. Okay. Okay, as uh-huh. opposed to, I'm gonna change your life right now, you're gonna meditate. Right, this right, is right. the way we do it. This, that's right, right. infringing on you. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Whereas a worthy inquiry is you asking me, tell me about your meditation. Mm-hmm. How do you do these things? Yes. So I just want to say that up front. But also, I want to say that what ends up happening is you close, for me, I close my eyes <coughs> for 20 minutes mm-hmm. and there's this, this, this concept of adaptation energy. I'll explain. Okay, explain. So, Having like an allergy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, you good? Okay, I'm good. Okay, so so adaptation energy. Mm-hmm. We go throughout our day mm-hmm. with a certain amount of energy to adapt to what, <coughs> bless you, the world brings you. We go throughout our day with a certain energy towards. You get what in your the... car, you're driving down the street, someone cuts you off. Yeah. Your adapt adaptation energy, depending on what level it is, mm-hmm. is what you, how your reaction is going to be to the person that cuts you off. Pissed off, probably. So, okay. as we meditate, mm-hmm. the more we meditate, the more adaptation energy we build. Mm-hmm. The more adaptation energy we have, the more we're going to be able to let go of that person who mm-hmm. cuts you off. Mm-hmm. So, I like that. I mean, I have my own spiritual practice sure. with the 12 steps sure. of doing things yeah, yeah. that help me get to that. But I like sure. that. I, and I need all the help I can get to, to get to that place of you not getting pissed off. Yeah, I like that. You and me both. That's Every worthy. Time, this 47-year-old man can throw temper tantrums like the best kid in the world. When's your birthday? What's your sign? September 17th. I'm a Virgo. Okay. Yeah, 1971. But, uh, but yeah, so that that's it. You know, the, for me, I find what happens is the more I meditate, the more the more uh, adaptation energy I have to react in a positive way throughout the life. Throughout this is this is all very. Um, I think this depth that you have as a person is why your performance was so moving because you operate on a lot of levels as a human. Yeah. 
So you bring that to your work, which is why it was so effective. Um, it's making sense to me now how you could get there and how you could get me to go there with you. Um, so I know you also have a film company. I do, yes. Yeah, Subway so Token Films. About? Subway Token Films is a, a small little independent company that my partner Lisa Fernandez and I started. We started it way back. Uh, and it was basically, it was started in a weird way because it wasn't, again, it wasn't one of these like, let's make a movie. It was, she, uh, her parents own a vineyard in Chile, in the Maipo Valley in Chile. Mm -hmm. and My she, writing partner just got back from Chile. Oh, it's a beautiful mm -hmm. part of the world, a beautiful part of the world. And so her mother mm -hmm. asked her to come and help her with some things that need to be taken care of on the property. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I have to go to my mom's. Uh, vineyard mm -hmm. and I said okay I'll go too um, how long ago is this this was uh, six years ago maybe okay seven years ago I don't know a little later five mm -hmm. years ago maybe six, mm -hmm. five, six. and so I said all right well I'm coming well, we'll go I'll go with you but you know what why don't we bring a camera crew and let's just shoot a movie while we're there because I <laughs> well because I said what better way Instead of like taking your iPhone and you shoot photos and all that stuff, I was like, let's write a script. Let's hire some friends. Had I you didn't... written before? No. 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 <laughs> wow, I wrote my name on the back of a check because I'm cashing it. But, but, uh, but, but yeah, that's it. And, and, uh, and then I, uh, uh, I, I suggested she, we got together. We hammered out a, a wonderful little intimate story about a young woman who goes back to her country of origin after uh, a, a traumatic miscarriage. To reconnect with her mom, mm -hmm. and so uh, and so we we did it. We wrote it, and then I flew. Uh, I had just finished NYC Twenty Two, mm -hmm. and I was had a little money. Had a series regular mm -hmm. uh, uh, savings, and so and so I said, "Let's do this. Let's go for it." And uh, and so I hired a, a dear friend of mine from Texas, who's a filmmaker. He came in, he shot it. And I hired locals, and and we and we shot this movie, and we put it together. How many characters in in your movie? Two. The girl and her mom, mm -hmm. and uh, and it, it got into the Tribeca Film Festival. I know. <laughs> oh, first one, I was like, "What are you nuts?" Oh so my god! Yeah, but, I mean, there's a there's a there's a beautiful uh, spiritual kismet connection to that to that that uh, that one of the women who works Sharon Bedal, who's a, an amazing woman who's mm -hmm. part of the person who chooses the mm -hmm. films for the Tribeca Film Festival. She and my best friend. Uh, of my whole life, Ed Vasallo, who's no longer with us, uh, had just he had just recently passed, and she was a uh, she was really connected with him, and she really loved him, and so when I uh, she I said submitted the film, she watched the film, loved the film, mm -hmm. and then at the end of the film, there's a there's a dedication to Eddie at the, at the end of the film, and she said, wait, is that the same Ed Vasallo? And she reached out to me, and she said to them, I said, yes, it is, and she said, I love him. Uh, he was a sweetheart, and I said, I know, he was my best friend for 20 years. Uh, and, then, uh, and then she said to me, well, I want you to know, officially, before I saw that it was dedicated to Ed, I love the movie. Uh, we have some feedback we'd love to give you, but we'd love to put it in the festival. And I said, sure, because it was Eddie who said, if you ever see an opportunity to do something you've never done before, and you feel it, go for it. Wow. So when my partner said I have to go to Chile, that was basically an Ed Vassalo moment of saying, 
here it is, this is an opportunity, put it together, go for it and do it. So we did it and it, and it went up. So Subway Token Films uh, is predominantly, and it has been and it continues to be, and I think it's okay, I like this feeling of it being a niche uh, uh, film production company in so much as that we've only done short films. Uh-huh. We have not done a feature. Uh-huh. We're working on one particular feature about the story of my mother uh, and how she be, he, she uh, came to pass, but, but, um, but, um, but everything has been short films. Well, what so other what other short films? What what other topics did, did you do? Well, we did uh, basically the 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 mission of Subway Token Films mm -hmm. is to tell stories about the everyday person mm -hmm. living through street what we call street level miracles. And street level miracles are the things that happen outside of you mm -hmm. that dictate what happened to you. Such as, what's a street level miracle? A street level miracle would be that you are walking down the street. The wind blows a lotto ticket in front of you, you pick it up, it's got $20 on it. Great. You cash the $20 in. When you go to cash the $20 in, you meet the person behind the counter, she turns out to be the woman you marry. <laughs> simple, everyday, street-level miracle. Love it. Very simple that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, and so we, based, we try to base our stories on that. Like, what is that simple occurrence that happens outside of you that dictates what happens to you in your life wow. and allows you to be who do you believe in fate? I do. I do. Do you believe in free will? I do. I have to. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I do. Uh, the, 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 the word I don't believe in is the word believe. <laughs> in wow. other words, I don't, I don't, because I feel, I, I get a little scared when I say I believe because then you're taking a stance for me. Mm. It feels like you're taking a stance. So yes, I, I believe in free will. Yes, I believe in that. I don't believe in believing in things. I believe in just letting I like that. Right? Do you know what I, I mean? Yes, I do. Trusting that that's what it is. Trusting that you're supposed to be where you are. I believe that. Trusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but you're right. But that's but that's what I work on. But, it's the, but it's and that concept of I believe. Well, I feel the same way about the word try. Mm -hmm. I believe that yeah, yeah. the word try mm -hmm. is a recipe for failure. It's permission to yeah. fail. Yeah, if I say I'm going to try to do something, then I cannot do it. Yeah, and then it's okay. Do it so, yeah, so yeah. getting rid of the word try. And I don't like hope either. Because hope is also, for me, sort of a similar thing. Well, I hope that happens. Well, if I hope it, then I don't make it happen. Right? So I believe in those words have power. So I, I the thinking, I, I've never thought about believe before. Yeah. I but have just because I, you know, this concept of, 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 uh, this sort of ownership over it, and mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with my my recent thoughts and musings on religion and how and how it's you know you're Jewish and you're Catholic and you're so I'm already mm -hmm. pushing people into places right mm -hmm. so and 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 some of that is stemmed in a belief and so I don't know just just idea so yes free will yes. Is an interesting one because it's it's uh, if you if you're not if you're hopeful selflessly then then I think hope is a good thing. I agree. Right. I agree. I trust. I trust that I'll. I, I trust that I'll work again as an actor. I trust that you will. That's you know what I mean. I trust that you will. So if you had, if, if is there anything that stands before you that? you aspire to? Is there, is, is there anything that calls you? Yeah, yeah. What calls well, this you? is this thing that we were just talking about. Okay. Like I was sitting, I was sitting in, at home the other day and I, and I said, oh, I, I've come to realize something. 
I, I, I would like to release to the universe that the next half a dozen or so characters that I'm blessed enough to play care about something. Mm -hmm. That they care about something. So, so I'm aspiring to play characters that care. I really like that. That's what I'm hoping. I, I don't think I've ever heard an actor make so. a declaration like that before. <laughs> no, real seriously. Yeah, no, I, but it, but that but that really shows but in it your comes, work. It comes from the cost of living. It comes from that experience of going like, what was it that drove me? What was it that kept me coming back? What was it that put me? I was sick at one point, and I said, "Fuck it, I gotta still do the play and whatever and all of this stuff." And uh, I couldn't, the only thing that got me through every single performance, no matter what, was I thought, Eddie really cares about Ani. Eddie really loves Ani. Mm -hmm. And that's a care. So, so that drive mm -hmm. that pushed me through and got me through, why can't I have that in my career too, you know? Like, why can't I have that kind of, here's what I would like to do. I would like to play a part that cares. That's sort of what I've, what I've put forth as far as answering your question more directly about aspirations. Well, I, I love that that's what drives you, and, and it was so apparent in your performance that that you. was the driving force, that your care, your care, not only of caring for somebody else, but your care with your performance um, was... It really, absolutely. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, I hold it well, now as a. I hold it as, as 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 a. You know, I, I'm sick that my daughter came to tent. I got home too late to see it, and mm -hmm. and and I started posting about it, and all these people were like, "It's sold out. It's the last yeah. night. I can't yeah, get yeah, in." No. But I know that it's it's over in London now, right? It was yeah, yeah. They did it. They're doing it. They're mounting it in London, and Katie Sullivan is in yeah, it. I saw which that. Is exciting. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad because we always gotta, you know, keep. She's the only actor who's played the part. It. it yes, I finish. read that. And it, so now, is that finish. something that if they were going to adapt that, would you? Is that something you'd consider doing? In London. No, if they oh. were going to adapt it for film. Could yeah. they? I mean, why not? It'd make a great film. It would make a great film. It would make a great it's, film. It's, I mean, like, why isn't this being, like, it would hatched out? Like, you have a little production company. This is like, this is a film that wouldn't cost a lot of money. You got one set, well, yeah. you know, you yeah. can do that yes. really you simply, pretty much. Yeah, you do one house. I mean, you, you have to do more if you're going to do no, film. You but the scene, you open the film in the bar, and then, you, and then you go to the house. Yes, it's possible. It is possible. I think Martina has, has, uh, She's, I can't imagine people written, aren't approaching her I think about she, it. I think she's written such a special piece that mm -hmm. I, I, I think they're knocking the door down. They way. have I to be. So, yeah, I mean, so, you win a Pulitzer, so, you'd think that yeah, people Yeah, and you earn it, too, because mm -hmm. sometimes, you know... Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, accolade is a, is a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but, um, but, yeah, but she... But she uh, I think I'm almost positive she's, you know... And then we just got to hope that, you know, that it's, it's uh, a situation where she gets to... Have creative control. Something, yeah, mm -hmm. or like contribute in some way, in a good way, which, you know, I think is important. Outside of all of that, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I genuinely, genuinely think that, <coughs> that there are certain roles that have just been birthed 
for people, you know. <coughs> I can't. <coughs> I'm having another allergy thing. <laughs> I can't imagine <coughs> anyone else playing that part. Well, yeah, no, I can't either. I'm talking about Katie Sullivan in that regard. And I don't oh. think that she, like, there's no, I don't think there's anyone who should play that part other than her. But that's, but that's just one of those things that I just like. You okay, Bo? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like having, like, a full-blown, I don't know. This show, I've broken my watch band. I'm having an allergy attack. I look like hell. What are you giving me? Oh, thank you. It'll be, it'll take too long. I'm going to, I just need a cough drop. Thank you. I'm good. Thank you. Christina. <coughs> All right. Let's see if anybody's asking anything that we can answer before we go. So Felix is so authentic. Yes, we know that. Um, that's Hank Williams. You have the same birthday as Hank Williams. Oh, beautiful. Meditation like is very helpful. Um, I love Felix insight. Um, never say no. Greg, Nick said, hi, Nick. Greg Allman, cool. That's that's Christina's son. Oh, beautiful. Um, what is he saying? I love this interview. Um, the Martini. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the it was it was important to her to, to make sure that um, that was a requirement. Yeah, we're just getting a lot of you're just getting that's a lot of love. Um, that's very so. Sweet. That's very sweet. Felix, I yeah. am, I am <coughs> dying. No, I, <laughs> I. I thank you so much for indulging me mm. because really I was a stranger that just like pounced. And said, come, and he said, yes, and he's here. And, and you know, that's another thing is the universe presents things and just being willing. And, yeah. I mean, you didn't know what this was. You no. didn't know why it was. You no. just said yes. Yeah. And it's about saying yes to the universe, right? Absolutely. Say yes to everything and no to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Is that Absolutely. true for you? Yes. I say yes to everything and no to nothing. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's a really good place to uh, to. Uh, yes, um, and we gotta get you something for your thing. Not, yeah, you I don't like the dogs because I have a dog. No, I'm not allergic oh. to dogs. I don't know what's oh, going on with me. Oh. Um, I thank you so much for doing this, and yeah, I I so me. look forward to to. I hope there's gonna be more theater because I Let's that see. if that yeah, that's you know, hard. <laughs> it is hard. It's so hard. No, but but if it's right, then I I have. Well, I hope you're the one that brings that to the screen because I can't imagine anyone else doing it. And yeah, I, hope uh, so. I hope I hope that would that would be fun. That would be fun. And whatever uh, is next for you, I I will be watching. And um, Felix Solis, Solis, and um, keep your eyes out for him. Uh, he's the real deal. And thank you so much again, Christina. Thank you so much. We'll be back next Wednesday uh, on Game Changers with. Um, Fritz Coleman, do you know Fritz? Ooh. Fritz is a is a local weatherman, but he's a stand up com he's a comic. Wow, he's he's amazing. he is an but he is he is a funny human being, but he's also a warm, loving, authentic. <laughs> does he do? I don't watch television, but does he do like does he com is he do does he do comedy when he does the weather? Well, you know, I you know, I, no, I, well, but he is a funny yeah, guy. He's a funny guy. He's, a funny guy. he's just a natural no, funny doing guy. No, because the weather is. Yeah, yeah, kind of funny, oh, yeah it, I guess. He is just That's the great. sweetest okay. human being. He's Good. lovely. So we're going to be on the set at Universal on next okay. week. That'll be fun. And um, and thank you for tuning in. And thank you for coming. And thank you, Christina. And we'll see you next week. Take care.